Good morning. So as you know, I'm currently at seminary, and we get semester breaks throughout the year. So this winter, I decided to come home, as every break since my parents pay for my ticket. So I came home, and about halfway through our break, we got some pretty heavy snow. And my dad owns his own plowing business, so he said, Mike, it's snowing a lot today. Do you want to come out? Do you want to help me plow? And this was the first opportunity I had in about four months to earn money. So I said, cha-ching, yes, I do. So that morning we went up and we met at the subdivision that we were supposed to plow. And he said, Mike, do you think you're ready to drive one of the trucks? I said, yeah, Dad, I'm a grown man. I can drive this truck, no problem. So he said, all right, and he tossed me the keys. And then I walked to the car, excited to do a man's work, while my dad was giving me some sort of instructions or something, whatever. So I get into the car, I turn the ignition, radio on full, I lower the plow, and I just go. I am in the zone, full autopilot engaged, right? So here I am plowing through the subdivision, and about two hours into the job, my dad calls me, and he goes, hey, Mike, you doing all right? Everything working well? He goes, oh, yeah, Dad. I say, I'm plowing away, just doing a great job. I'm plowing left, I'm plowing right, plowing right through the middle. Everything's going great. And he said, all right. It's just it's been two hours, and I haven't really seen you around the subdivision. So I just assumed, Dad, I'm working so fast that we're probably just not crossing paths at all. That's how good I am. He said, all right, just make sure you do a good job. And then let me know when you're done, and we'll meet up, and we'll go home. So at the end of the day, I call my dad. We meet up, and I said, Dad, you won't believe what a good job I did. From main road to main road, you will not see a flake of snow on these roads. And his eyes widen up, and he just goes, ah! which is dad language for, you did something bad, Mike, <laughs> which I did. I plowed a wrong subdivision. <laughs> Had nothing to do with us, it wasn't our responsibility, and I left the one we were supposed to plow covered in snow. And he said, Mike, you should have known because our subdivision does not have speed bumps. That's what those were, right? So not only had I wasted uh, several hours of my dad's time and a ton of diesel fuel in the truck, uh, not helping his purpose at all, but I had actually ruined the hydraulic system on the plow by ramming through all of these uh, speed bumps. Now, my dad's a pretty forgiving guy, right? He didn't hold it against me. He knows people make mistakes. And even though I didn't feel guilty or, you know, give myself a hard time about it, I felt really useless that day because I was, right? And I learned that it doesn't only take resources to do a job, it takes the full set of instructions. And I think that Paul has something similar to teach us today in his letter to the Corinthians. Now, to give you a little background, he's writing it to correct any behavior that they have that might be a misconduct or cause division in the church. And chapter 13, as we read today, is talking specifically about their spiritual gifts. And the one point that he stresses in the first part is the inclusion of love in whatever gifts they use. Mr. Grothaus, can we get the first piece of scripture up? Oh, there we go. Now, let's read it all together. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Let's go to the next. 
If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, then I may boast. But do not have love, I gain nothing. Those are some pretty harsh words from Paul. And he's making an example of himself, but he speaks to the church in Corinth and all of us in the church today about how important it is to include love. He says, even if I could speak in every language of men or even in the tongues of angels or even as Pastor Mark's friends in the dialect of the Haitians and I could preach for an hour to them, if I talked without love, my words would be empty. He says, if I have faith and knowledge and wisdom and I use all of those without love, what am I really doing? And if I endure hardship, if I give all I have to the poor and I do this good work or that good work, but I do it without love, there's no gain in it. Nobody wins. And that's a pretty harsh consequence considering all those actions. And that's why it's so important for us to include love in all of our actions today. And it's too easy for us to act without love. Sometimes we might act in fear because somebody is trying to redefine marriage. We might act in fear because we think people want to uproot the church or tear down its walls. We might act in anger because we think that people's disagreement implies hatred towards us. We might act in judgment because we feel that we're mostly called to point out the sin of a world from a righteous standpoint. And sometimes we don't act at all because we're lazy or we're busy, or at this point we're just indifferent. But when we act in each and every one of those ways, we act without love. We decide not to trust the Holy Spirit in bearing fruit in us through the love of Christ, and we leave it up to our own resources and our own devices. We choose our own way, and we disconnect ourselves from the vine. And when we do, we find ourselves lacking we don't bear fruit, we're withering, and we're disconnected. And it permeates into all of our relationships, whether it's with our parents, with our children, or with our coworkers or our neighbors. And it becomes so evident of what we lack and how important it is to have that love through whatever we do. Now, Paul doesn't just tell us to love. He doesn't give us some sort of vague spiel that says, go love. He doesn't say love is great, love is nice. Love is butterflies in your stomach because Paul isn't writing a Hallmark card. Paul is writing the truth to the church. And what he's saying is that love is work. Love is an active, conscious, and deliberate thing that you do towards someone. Right? It's not just enough to say, I love you. Say that you love that person and act. Let's get to the next uh, piece of scripture read that, we'll say, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it, is, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, 
always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. I'm going to stop there for now. So Paul just doesn't tell us to love. He gives us a list of things that love is and love isn't, what love does and what doesn't. He's way more specific than that. And the reason Paul knows what love is and we know what love is is because that we know God. We know God is love. And we see all of these actions that we just read on a daily basis towards each and every one of us. God has loved us, all of his creation, since the beginning of time. And we'll share in his love in eternity as well. So now we know this disconnect makes us weep. We wither, we don't bear any fruit. But what makes us leap? That's what we're here for. That's the series, right? Well, Pastor Mark seems to think that duct tape will reconnect us to the vine. I respectfully disagree, Pastor Mark. I think it takes duct tape and WD-40, the ultimate combination. How can we expect to reconnect if we don't properly lubricate the fibers of the wood? But in all seriousness, it takes the Word of God and staying connected in it the word that has truth, power, and that is unchanging. And in this word, we are assured that Christ has won the victory for us so that we don't need to go out, we don't need to argue or point out the sin of the world or be abrasive in order to work towards God's purpose, in order to work toward victory. But Christ instead calls us to love one another from victory. Now, who knows? that the love of Christ would be such a game changer. Thank God Paul did. And when we leap, we don't just say that we love people, or we say, Jesus loves me, and therefore I say I love you. But no, we make it deliberate in our actions, and we realize that we have divine love from Christ. And through that love, we have the full capacity to actively love the people around us. And some of you might be thinking, you know, Paul, sometimes it's hard when I disagree with somebody, when I'm angry, or when I don't really feel like loving somebody. And Paul would say, exactly, now you're getting it. Love is hard. Love is work. It's something that you do deliberately. You know, I've never met a husband and wife who have told me, you know, Mike, me and my wife, we fell in love at an early age, and we had these intense feelings for one another, uh, and it was just wonderful. And in the 20 years since, nothing has changed. Not the feelings, we didn't have to do anything, we didn't have to work on anything. Love is easy. And that, son, is the secret to a long and happy marriage. Never heard it before, and it's not true. Not in our marriage, not in any of our relationships. Right? And when we look at a vine, not only a grapevine, but the kind of vine that creeps up our house, the really annoying kind. Right? They don't grow straight upwards in perfectly parallel vines. They would be easy to remove, and they're not. They're resilient. But instead, we should look to grow like the vines actually do, upward in our relationship to God and outward in our relationship to one another, each intersection being an action of love towards our neighbor, and as a whole, growing stronger as a body of Christ. Now, when we leave here today, Let's not forget that we can't just take the Great Commission and go into conquer mode. 
of arguing and proving yourself right and displaying your faith abrasively like a harsh symbol, but instead taking the full instruction in and acting in love. Don't go plowing the wrong lot. Listen to the full instruction. Use the Christ of love. Don't just point out sin or argue. Don't just say you love people. Show them through relationships, meaningful, genuine relationships, and people will see that you are bearing fruit, that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, who calls you to be his disciple, who loves you with divine love and commands us to love our neighbors the same way. When he says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your divine love, for your capacity to love us every day for this renewed grace, for this renewed joy and love, and for the capacity that you give us to not just say we love our neighbors, but even when it's hard to actively love them, speaking the truth in love and using all of our gifts in a useful manner to your kingdom. Bless us this day and bless us this week in all that we do, that we may do it in love to your glory. Amen.